0: Chapter 9 Extraordinary People Christmas Day finally found us in San Salvatore, a short ten kilometres from Coriano, accompanied by the same good cheer that had marked this holiday. Even more drivers stopped their cars to greet us. Housewives and children came out of their homes to wish us a safe journey, many offering us a hot drink. I floated into town, half expecting a welcome parade kind looking man informed us that the priest had already left so we explained our needs to him oh you must go to San Lorenzo he enthused there is a wonderful priest there called Father Giovanni I am sure he will help you we examined our map San Lorenzo was on the way to Rimini and only about two kilometers from where we were we had not even considered it thinking it a tiny village and unlikely to even have a church. We decided to go there. The sun was brilliant, its warm rays inviting us to slow down. I did, trailing behind Alberto, enjoying the act of walking without rushing to arrive. The country lane we walked snaked among fields long ago harvested and eventually deposited us at the church steps. There, we learned that Father Giovanni would return later that evening, and were encouraged to wait at a nearby bar. Spotting some phone booths nearby, Alberto and I decided to call our families. Hi, Mo, my mother squealed. It is so nice to hear your voice. Where are you now? I updated her on our whereabouts and assured her that I was safe, healthy, and eating well. Her main concerns I elaborated on the many kindnesses that had been visited upon us and conveniently ignored the more difficult experiences. I didn't want to make her more worried than I knew she already was. I've told some people about your walk, is that all right? She asked. Of course, I laughed. Well, she continued hesitantly, some people think you're in a religious cult and have been brainwashed into doing this. I am not part of any religious cult. I interjected in irritation. If people want to know my reasons, just tell them I'm trying to do something positive for peace. I'm trying to understand, honey, truly, she answered. It's just all so different than what you were doing before. Just take care of yourself, okay? I love you. I love you too, I said as my father now came on the line, expressing the same concerns as my mother while I tried to assure him just as equally. Why don't you come home for the holidays, he asked. It would be like taking a vacation from your walk. I heard the worry behind the plea and understood his desire to have me safely at home. I didn't like to see my parents suffering, but I knew I wasn't going back. I can't, I replied earnestly. I need to do this right now. We spoke a little bit more, and I hung up, feeling sad. At our table, I found a despondent Alberto. He asked about my parents. They're happy I'm walking with a man, I responded, which is very funny considering how traditional they are. Alberto chuckled. Hannah's happy that we're having such a great experience, he said, but she feels lonely. My mother, as you can imagine, is still in shock, but surprisingly understands why I'm walking and has asked me to pray for my father. With our drinks finished and the sun firmly set, we agreed that it was time to call on Father Giovanni. I now worried he wouldn't even open the door at night and was more than surprised when he immediately invited us inside. A slightly rotund middle-aged man, Father Giovanni radiated joy and peace. He listened with amusement to our story and shook his head in wonder, as he led us to our room, filled with bunk beds and blankets. There is hot water for showering, he proclaimed. There is food in the kitchen. Help yourself to whatever is there. I have to attend to some matters, but will join you shortly. The kitchen cabinets were overflowing with pastas and canned goods. We nibbled on crusty bread, flavorful cheeses, zesty olives and irresistible homemade treats. After freshening up, we met again in the kitchen and, accompanied by a lovely wine, unhurriedly prepared an abundant hot pasta meal. If it's all right with you, I'd like to say a small prayer of thanks before we eat, Alberto said. I couldn't think of a more appropriate time to give thanks and immediately said yes, closing my eyes. Thank you for this food and for all the abundance that we are receiving. Alberto said softly, May the spirit that has filled this table also fill the hearts of all people. Amen. Amen. I affirmed. When I was a child, Alberto said, biting into his food, I celebrated on this day, like all Christians, the birth of Jesus Christ, who I was taught was our savior. That was why I wanted to be in San Salvatore today. The name means Holy Savior. It's funny, though, that we're in San Lorenzo because I was also taught that Lorenzo is the name of the sun, which means that we are in the holy sun, which to me also symbolizes God. I believe we're all rays of that sun and that the light that shines inside each and every one of us is the Christ light. Some also call it the Christ consciousness or the Buddha or the Krishna consciousness but to me it's all God's love I feel good just remembering that this light is also within me and so I celebrate that as much as I do the birth of Jesus the spirituality books I had read used words such as inner being divine spark or higher self to describe our essence But i'd never heard these ideas applied to christianity much less to the figure of jesus who to me always seemed such a removed and untouchable figure the way that alberto described jesus however made him seem more interestingly human i mentioned this to him i think that's what offends some christians alberto said they think i'm making jesus less merely human but i'm not i'm raising us humanity making us also divine. Jesus himself taught that we too are like him. Father Giovanni appeared as we were finishing and cleaning up and invited us to join him in his study for a drink. What struck me most about that evening was the matter-of-fact way in which he spoke about his many projects, especially ones that promoted the integration of immigrants into his small community. Books on Buddhism, Islam, and other spiritual teachings sat alongside the more traditional Christian titles. He explained that he preferred seeking what unites the religions rather than what separates them and that ultimately the peace we were seeking in the world began within the heart of each human being. I agreed wholeheartedly with this man of peace. Father Giovanni then put on a video of the town's Christmas production. Expecting a cute children's play set on some small stage in town, I was amazed to see the entire town transformed into a scene from ancient Palestine, with period costumes, Arab lettering on shop windows, ironsmiths making swords, women weaving wool, beggars in the street, and pigs roasting on an open spit. Naturally, the main attractions were Joseph and Mary. Cradling a newborn baby in her arms, Mary rode through town on a mule, while Joseph asked door to door for a place to sleep. Hey, that's like us every day, I joked, only without the mule. The entire evening was unforgettable, and made me appreciate the tremendous man sitting with us. He was one of the many people we had met along this journey. People working quietly but tirelessly for peace in their own communities, each in their own way, trying to make the world a better place. They were the people who took a moment to offer us a word of encouragement, who invited us for a hot drink or a warm meal, who even opened their homes to us. They were ordinary people who had chosen to live the way of peace, but who didn't announce it on their backpacks. No one outside their immediate circle knew about them. Their kindness or generosity didn't make the evening news. However, their simple acts of humanity were weaving the fabric of peace in our world. I resolved that Christmas day to shine a light on these extraordinary, ordinary people so that all may draw inspiration and courage from them and witness the dream of peace one day becoming reality. The following day, we descended from the mountains and walked into Rimini, a large city on the Adriatic coast. I was looking forward to walking near the water, but in the crush of people and far from the protection of small towns, I felt exposed and vulnerable. I saw people's hard stares and nervous glances and felt misunderstood. I heard their chuckles and their laughter and felt myself shrinking in response. I desperately wanted to disappear, to run away from their judgments of me. Alberto, however, didn't seem to care and was annoyingly happy beside me. Look at the beauty around us, he proclaimed happily, his hand sweeping the horizon. We're finally beside this amazing sea and walking on flat ground for a change. We even have a sidewalk. There are more cafes, there are shops, churches, places to rest. Yeah, and people, I added impatiently. But Mooney, that's a good thing, he continued, unaffected by my mood. Just think of how many people are seeing our signs. Who knows how the message is affecting them? Maybe it's making them think about peace or wonder why we're doing this. So what if some of them are laughing at us? I'm sure the majority support what we're doing. Even if they don't say anything, we are touching people, whether you think so or not. Our path led us past a high school where a group of young people sat at the front steps. I heard their jokes and their snickers as we walked by. You see, I raised at Alberto, pointing at them. Nobody in this big city cares about what we're doing. They think we're a joke. That's it. Tomorrow we go back into the mountains. I didn't care about Alberto, the message of peace, or anything else connected with this walk at that moment. I simply wanted that infernal day to end. I turned inwards then, aware only of my feelings of inadequacy. My steps led me away from the bustle of the city to the seawalk, where the soothing sounds of the waves lapping the shores should have soothed me, but they didn't. I heard Alberto call my name, looking at me encouraging me to look at my surroundings and to feel them this reminds me of home he said walking down some steps towards the sand and inhaling deeply this sand is hard and great for walking come on let's get closer to the water he cajoled holding out his hand to me secretly I wanted to feel good And to draw from his positive energy but i couldn't get myself out of my own funk to do it i had just taken my first steps onto the sand when i suddenly heard the sound of a car screeching to a stop alberto and i turned around in alarm and saw a car half in the sand half on the seawalk we rushed over fearing that something had happened to the occupants but to our surprise found the young driver smiling exuberantly And motioning for us to come closer when we arrived we saw him pulling money out of his wallet with childlike enthusiasm the man held the bills out the window in offering no no thank you I said quickly it's it's not necessary we appreciate it so very much Alberto said softly but we don't need it thank you my friend the man gazed at us for several moments incredulity etched on his face then without warning tears welled up in his eyes and began rolling down his cheeks i began to cry what's your name i choked out nico he spluttered thank you nicolas i said bending over to kiss his cheek merry christmas i stepped back alberto reached into the car his eyes also moist with tears and took Nico's hands in his. It's so nice to meet you, he whispered. Nico nodded, clasping Alberto's hand. I walked away, overwhelmed with emotion. I glanced back one last time and saw Nico still in his car, his eyes following our steps, contemplating us with wonder and disbelief. Never underestimate the power. Of this path you have chosen a voice resounded in my mind dark clouds started rolling in and soon a light rain began to descend alberto and i hurried to the first church we could find it was large and dimly lit the only lights coming from the various nativity displays i walked around aimlessly not really paying attention to the decor still caught up in the emotion of nico Alberto went to look at some displays at the other side of the church. An older woman entered the church and greeted me. I returned her greeting and turned to look at the nativity scene, pretending to be admiring it, not really wanting company. When I looked up again, she was standing right beside me. With her gray hair and black dress, she reminded me of the stereotypical Italian grandmothers so often portrayed in movies. Her eyes bore gently but firmly into mine, drawing me close, even though I wanted to turn away. What are you doing here? she asked in a friendly tone. Oh, we're walking to Jerusalem for peace, I whispered, unable to break her gaze. Her eyes shone with love and tenderness. With both hands she reached up and cupped my face. She brought it closer and then brushed her lips against each cheek with the softest kiss. What you are doing is very good, she said, stroking my cheeks, her loving eyes never leaving mine. Do not fear. The Holy Mother and Father bless you on your journey still emotionally raw from the meeting with nico less than half an hour earlier i once again felt my tears spilling down my face she gently wiped them away with her silky touch and then embraced me i wept in her arms enveloped in the love of this complete stranger alberto came towards me i pulled away from this woman and introduced him With similar love and tenderness, she cupped Alberto's face in her hands and kissed his cheeks. Our Holy Mother is always with you, I heard her say as she gently stroked his cheeks. You are protected. Alberto's eyes watered and he nodded silently at her. With a final God bless you, she kissed us one last time before disappearing out the church door. That unforgettable day, the entire universe orchestrated events to lift me out of my despair. I was overwhelmed. I would still have many moments when I would question the wisdom of my decision to walk and if we were making any difference at all. But on that day, I had no doubt of the power of our message, of its messengers and the invisible force that was moving them.